Welcome to the Braveheart Podcast, and welcome to this season, Growing in God. Everything God has designed grows the same way. A tiny seed will naturally grow into whatever it was created to be. All it needs is a few key elements and time. In the same way, God has made a way for us to go from baby believers to mature Christians who walk like Jesus. That means living daily in communion with our Father, living free from sin, overflowing with the joy of our salvation, and truly loving those around us. And that's just the beginning. Over the next few weeks, we'll be discovering God's design for spiritual growth and experiencing the joy and freedom that His design promises. We're excited to have you joining us. In this week's episode, Christy Lewis and Alzavian are teaching a new believers class at Upper Room Dallas, going through chapter two of Peter's book, Now That You're Born Again. If you haven't listened to the first episode, please go back and listen since these do build off of each other. The first episode is titled, You're a Good Seed. Like I said, this week we're discussing chapter two, which is a healthy spiritual environment. Even a perfectly good seed will not grow if it's not in the right environment. Thankfully, God has designed the perfect environment, which is the new covenant, for us as believers to grow up into him. Christy and Alzavian have a lot more to say about this. Enjoy. Karis is going to open us with a song just to um, get off the yuck of the day, set our hearts on Jesus, and then we'll dive in. So, amen. Oh, Lord, we just love you. We welcome you here.
Spirit, we ask that you would be among us, God, that you would teach us, that you would lead us into all truth so that we can connect with our Father. I ask, God, that lies would be broken tonight. I ask that you would fill people with your Spirit tonight. I ask that you would cast off false mindsets tonight. I ask, God, that tonight that you would identify people as your own. Those that have felt identified by their flesh, identified by their old man, identified by their family line. I ask, God, that tonight you would identify people as yours. And so we welcome you, Holy Spirit, to be counselor and teacher, and healer, and forgiver, and friend. And Lord, we say thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for bridging the gap that we could not bridge. 
we acknowledge you, Jesus. We acknowledge your sacrifice. We acknowledge that it was enough. Lord, we ask that tonight that we would make much of the blood shed for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Karis. That was beautiful. I was thinking about just letting her keep go, you know what I'm saying? I was already feeling in the spirit. Um, welcome. So glad you guys are here. We do carry you guys in our hearts throughout the week in prayer. And so um, it's just really sweet to be able to um, get to teach and, and really just impart our hearts um, where the Lord has changed us. We have a great desire to simply impart that and to give testimony of his faithfulness. Whenever you give testimony, it's just a way of saying, do it again, Lord. And so um, we're really glad you're here. Um, I'm Christy. This is... Xavier. Hello. We're like the dynamic duo, you know, don't you think? Yes. We were matching last week, but we're not this week, so we kind of missed on that. But anyways, um, so let me get my water. Um, how many of you read both chapter one and chapter two and you are prepared? There is no shame, but I just am curious who's read through chapter two. All right. Awesome. That's a lot of hands. Awesome. Okay. Fabulous. Um, so, um, how, how was last week? I just, maybe, maybe a couple of people, um, you're a good seed, your old man's dead. You can no longer identify with Adam because he was dead and buried, and now your new life is in Christ. How many of you have testimony this week of how that maybe was a transformation, um, how you walked that out this week, any light bulb switch that went on? Just curious if anybody wants to share high level of that, like walking in that revelation and maybe that being new. Oh, you want me to... I'm okay. doing it. I'm doing it. I'm a runner. Man, I got the strings. <laughs> I'm a character, so I'm just... This is my voice. Yeah, cool. Okay, guys. So this is amazing. Um, the good seed part, I've never believed. So I've done some pretty wild stuff in my past, and they just keep popping up randomly at different times. So at work last week, I was washing my hands, and we have this, like sensor that goes off whenever you put your hands underneath the sink and it shut off completely where I couldn't wash my hands and I was like okay let me clean the sensor up nothing change the battery nothing I have soapy dirty hands so I'm just frantically trying to get this so I can go see my boss and give him the report so I'm like okay I got to do something and the Lord had me look at my face and he's like say you're a good seed and I'm just like, yo, yeah. that's not the Lord. And then I was like, that's just, that's just me, you know what I mean? That's just me. I'm just making something up. And the Lord said, no, say it. So I said, I'm a good seed. And I just smiled real big and a little tear came down. And I put my hand under the sink and psh, it just automatically turned on. And I knew right then and there that I was actually a good seed and it stemmed on to like, Sunday morning service, I got so touched, and he was just telling me, you're my seed, I love you, you're forgiven, and he just gave me all the whole, yeah, I couldn't even stand here in the worship, so, <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's amazing. The water of the Holy Spirit can only flow on a good seed, because we're not bad anymore. Come on, that's amazing. Thank you, Lord. Anybody else want to share? Anybody? All right. Um, so last week we unpacked the good seed, and um, you can't really grow up in God if you still think you're bad. And so it's really important that you think that you're good and that you know that you're good. There was a period in my life when the Lord, that was like the only thing he said for like six years. Um, because if you can't get that, then you can't grow up. 
And so uh, it's really important, and I want to share a scripture with you from Colossians 1, um, 19. So flip in your Bibles to Colossians 1. I want you to actually see it. It's always good when you see it in the Word, so when the devil comes knocking, you can just say, it is written. Colossians 1, um, we'll start in verse 19. For God in all his fullness was pleased. I'm, I'm reading from the New Living Translation, so yours might sound a little different. <clears throat> For God in all of his fullness was pleased to live in Christ, and through him God reconciled, past tense, everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. Everybody say, Amen. Amen. Were you involved in that equation? You were just the all things and the everything, right? I mean, he did it, and you were just the one that he was pleased to do it for. Wow, that is good news. This includes you who were once far away from God. You were, past tense, his enemies, separated, past tense, from him by your evil thoughts and actions. Yet now, say yet now, now. he has reconciled you to himself through the death of Christ in his physical body. Ooh, I feel the Holy Spirit. That's good. good. As a result, he has brought you into his own presence. So who brings you into the presence of God? He does. Wow. And you are holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. Can I get an amen in the house? (laughs) Whew, what a word. Okay, verse 23. But you must continue to believe this truth and stand firmly in it. Don't drift away from the assurance you received when you heard the good news. The good news has been preached all over the world, and I, Paul, have been appointed as a God's servant to proclaim it. Okay, so it has been done, but there must be a fight because he says that we need to continue to believe and stand firmly in it. Okay, so that's why this whole journey, right, you're going to have to go back and remember and recount that God made you clean. And when did he do it? He did it when he reconciled the world back to himself by, by the means of the cross on which he was crucified. Okay? So it's, that is your entry point always and forever. That is your, that's a stamp in history. That's when it was done. But you must continue to believe this truth. So my friend, what's your name? Josh. Josh. So Josh had this amazing revelation from God. It was beautiful. God spoke it. He responded to it. And boom, the the Holy Spirit was just hovering. Now, the devil is going to come back and say, you're bad. That doesn't mean he's bad. It just means that the devil lies. So you have to continue to stand firmly in it. Okay? So that's your kind of... um, you're moving into chapter two, you have to remember that you have to continue to stand firmly in the fact that you have been made new. And that is written there in Colossians 1. And I also just want to point this out to you in light of this, okay? Um, it says in your workbooks, it gives you like extra um, like podcasts to listen to. So one thing that like I have found I have to do sometimes um, when, when the devil is yelling really loudly in my ear because it says that he's like a roaring, roaring lion and he prowls around seeking those whom he may devour, and the way he does it is he lies. 
or he condemns or he accuses. So what I have to do is I sometimes when I'm not feeling it, I got to just get truth in my ear. Okay. And so these are just some good resources for you to get truth in your ear. Okay. Um, You can also just like listen to like Colossians, Galatians and Romans, like, you know, like on loop as well. Okay. Um, Can I say something else about chapter one? Yes. Hold on. One more, one more resource that I want you to add to this though, because this was so beautiful. I don't know if any of y'all heard Michael Miller's Easter message this past year, but it was the most beautiful portrayal of the gospel. So that's also a great resource you can write down on the Upper Room podcast. It's called The Gospel, Galatians 2.20 by Miller, and it was awesome. So that's another one you can write down and just refer back to when the devil comes and he tries to be a counterfeit. Okay, Alzavian. Yeah, so what Kaylee was just saying, um, chapter one is so important. Um, and one of the things I got from chapter one is there's two things you, you put off and you put on. Um, and like Kaylee was saying, it's a journey of faith, of believing yes. and renewing the mind. It's a fight of what you truly are now, you have to believe. And um, with that, um, it's, it's our thoughts, our feelings, and our actions. And if this is the thing, it's, it's like sin, it, what it does, it, it deceives. It tries to make you believe what you are. Like sin is condemned by the flesh of Jesus Christ, right? So it, it feels condemnation. It feels guilt. It feels all the things. So if it can make you believe that, it deceived you. So the goal is to put off, put on, put off the old man, put on the new man. You're a good seed now. So the journey is believing I am a good seed no matter what happens, no matter what I feel, no matter what. what. And then eventually what will happen, and we're going to get to it, you're going to grow up into Christ. You're going to see a sprout, and you're going to see righteousness bear, bear fruit unto holiness, you know? So, yeah. Okay. Yeah, and, and another thing, another thing to out on that, which is, I love, I love what you shared because you put it on your tongue, right? And so it's good to not just hear it in your ears, but actually put it on your tongue and to say it out loud. I find sometimes it's easier for me to sing than like actually say. So sometimes like I put on a song that's about identity. I put a song about the power of the blood and I get, and I, and I start declaring that. And when I start declaring it, I start hearing myself say it. So Find songs, find verses that you can sing and say and align yourself with truth. Okay. God's design works. Um, We're going to move into chapter two. Um, I love chapter two. I love chapter two. So meaty. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Um, So... I'm just going to read this because it's so good. Um, it says, it says, um, I'm going to skip down on this paragraph a little bit. It says in your workbook for anything to grow, it needs a healthy environment. So we've got the good seed, but it's got to be planted in a healthy environment. Like the seed that you have. Has anybody's seed started growing? Nice, nice. Okay. So it's not going to grow if it's just a good seed and it's planted in soil, right? So you've got to have it in a good environment. And an environment consists of soil, oh, hold on, soil, sunlight, water, and oxygen, okay? Um, As Christians, our healthy environment is the new covenant. So this big thing, soil, sunlight, water, and oxygen, we're in the new covenant as believers, which was gifted to us at the moment Jesus rose from the dead and ascended to his Father in heaven. So I'm going to read um, what Peter wrote in on page 18 of the book, because this is such a beautiful definition of the new covenant. It says, The new covenant is your relational connection to God the Father, made possible by the work of Jesus and empowered by the Holy Spirit. Okay, so I love that. All right, so talking about, first of all, that the fact that your seed is now planted in soil. And so in the book, Peter kind of defines the soil as two different things. You have the soil that represents 
that we are um, that we are first in the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. So that is our first kind of representation of soil. Um, if you look at um, this verse, um, it says, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls to the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. So your old man, again, has to die and you have to identify with the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. Um, I am going to have a friend of mine, Lindsay, come up and share. I was just chatting with her about um, when she got saved. And um, she just has a a really beautiful, I'm going to have her just share super briefly about when she felt like she first got saved and that she died and then she got buried in the soil. And, and one thing that Peter talks about, and I can relate to this so much as a mom, but what often happens is you have this wild encounter with God and then you're like, I'm gonna go tell everybody. This is amazing. And then he's like, actually, I'm gonna hide you. And you're like, wait, What? And he hides you in the soil, not because he's mean. I actually think he hides you so that he can actually be the only one that sees you. And so you find in hiddenness the eyes of God that are ever upon you. So it's important that when we have this amazing encounter with God, we get saved, and then he buries us in soil that we don't resist the hiddenness. So... I want you to share just super briefly. I feel like you're, I remember you were sharing and you were like, I know that when I got saved, I died. And it was just clear to you. And then like what happened a little bit like after that? Hey guys, I'm Lindsay. It's so nice to meet everyone, even though I'm not really meeting you, but hi. Um, Okay, so I got radically saved um, my senior year of college. Um, Just kind of the Lord chased me down all by himself, and I gave my life to Jesus alone in my bedroom. And um, when I gave my life to the Lord, it cost me a lot. I, like, actually gave up my life. It felt like I died that day. And so whenever I look back at that moment, I know, like, the time and the place when the old man, the old Lindsay Allen, died. And so once I died, I was filled with the Holy Spirit. And from that place, I, I started to fall in love with Jesus. I would read the word and the Holy Spirit would show me who Jesus was. And it was the first time I was having all of these revelations of the goodness of God, of the love of God. And the Holy Spirit would show me Jesus in these beautiful pictures and he would teach me the gospel. And so I, I was in this intimacy with the Lord where I had to tell everyone I talked to about it because it wasn't from a religious place, like I have to do this. It was like I would just show up where I would normally go and the look in my eyes would be like, I have to tell you what happened to me last week. I know a man named Jesus and he saved my life. And so from the beginning of my walk with Jesus, all I wanted to do was talk about him. And so when I moved to Dallas and I got to Upper Room, I met a bunch of people like me, you know, like hungry and crazy a little bit. And I was like, yes, finally, oh my gosh, like let's do this thing. And the Lord literally put me in the prayer room. And every time I would try to get up to do something, he would say, sit down and be with me. And I went from leading like six groups, you know, my senior year of college, young life groups, all these things to sitting in the prayer room, not having permission from the Lord to do anything for about three and a half years. And so I died in the prayer room, a continual slow death. But it's all unto resurrection life. So if you keep reading um, that verse in John 12, truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Whoever loves his life loses it. And whoever hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. 
If anyone serves me, he must follow me. And where I am, there will my servant be also. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. And so I guess just what I wanted to share is in that place of of being planted, because he doesn't want to bury you. He just wants to plant you. Um, So you can become like an oak of righteousness that bears much fruit. But in that place, I just wanted to encourage you to stay there because it's really uncomfortable and you're not very useful and you can't do anything and you're not... um, you're not being noticed by anybody. Nobody knows what's in your heart. You feel misunderstood. It's all these things that have to die. And it's in that place that I just want to like author faith that he is there. He's there. And he was in a tomb. Um, He was buried. And there's a real man. His name is Jesus that we're all following And he is very familiar with the soil of being buried. And he's there in it with you. And it's in that place where you completely lose yourself. You lose your life. You lose the the love of the world. It's This is the most important part. And so he's in it and he's going to shine his love on you. And that's what Christy is going to talk about. Amen. Mic drop. Yes. Um, how many of you can relate to feeling buried or hidden? Just a show of hands. Do not resist the hidden season with God. Yes. You know, I remember as during my hidden season with God, And he said, Christy, why do you think that the 30 years of Jesus's life prior to his being filled with the Holy Spirit and and led into the wilderness by the devil and all, you know, and then his ministry, why do you think those weren't recorded? I don't know. And he said, because they were too precious to me. When God hides you, what you encounter with the Lord in the secret place, only you and he are privy to. So don't resist being hidden. That's where, that's where you discover the ever-present eyes of the Lord that are upon you on your best day and on your worst day. And it is part of how we grow up in God. So you get buried in the soil to be seen by God. Also, um, spiritual community. Yes, and so then I love this verse because then what happens, and this is what happened to Lindsay, and this is what often happens, is he begins to then bring you into fellowship with people like-hearted people, like-minded people. When you are following Jesus, you will look to your right and to your left, and you will say, there are people around me. I am going to connect with these people. In the beginning, it's going to be like, yay, we're like besties for the resties. And then I promise you that there will be trouble. And you will have to learn how to be patient and you will have to learn how to forgive and you will have to learn how to be long-suffering and merciful. So the other thing that's really important and what I love about Lindsay's story is that God brought her to a place where she could be hidden in God and then he began to graft her into relationship with people. So the the Christian life, and, and this is so beautiful um, because it says uh, if it's a seed, and it doesn't die, then it remains alone. But when it dies, right, and it becomes, it becomes a, a fruitful tree, it's with a lot of others, okay? And so he wants to graft you into community. Um, and this is really important because some of you, how many of you are new to the upper room? Do I have any newbies to the upper room? I want to tell you that this is a safe place to engage and to be. Now, it is not a perfect place. 
So this is an amazing place. My husband and I have been here for uh, 13, however long it's been since it started. And um, it is the best place, and it is also imperfect. So that's good, right? So just kind of like if you think it's perfect, just kind of like, you know, kind of shake that off because it's not, but neither are you. And so then that's good because then we learn how to grow up together, okay? So um, we have, uh, you might not be able to see, oh, oh my gosh, Lord help me. Okay, guys, you might not be able to see this, but I want you to write this down. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 through chapter 13 and also Romans 12. We're not going to dive deep into these because we have so much to cover. These are amazing scriptures about what it means to be grafted into the body of Christ. Your walk with God is not about you. And it's not about your calling. Jesus has a plan for planet Earth. And you get grafted into that. And his plan is a bride. You are not the bride. You are part of the bride. You are not the body. You are part of the body. So in these scriptures, it says, a hand cannot tell a nose, I don't need you. I'm paraphrasing. You, and then it talks about how there are some parts that are seen and then parts that are unseen, but actually the unseen parts are the more valuable parts. And they're more sensitive, so they have to be protected. So all of that shows that we are in this together. And, and I want to say this, that um, uh, there are some things that you absolutely will not get um, from just sitting alone with God. He has designed you to actually need others, not to be codependent, but to be interdependent. And I just want to give you a quick example of this. I was... Um, uh, several years ago, I was, I was depressed and anxious and angry. And, um, so that's facts. And, um, I was believing a lie and it, and it like, it was a lie that came to me and I, I could not get rid of this lie. Uh, it, and it was consuming me and killing me. And I knew enough that, um, I needed help and so I had this amazing therapist at the time. She was more like a spiritual mother, but she also was a licensed counselor, and um, she's the greatest human ever. She's not with us anymore, so I get weepy about that. But um, I was believing a lie, and I couldn't get rid of that lie on my own. I needed someone else. I needed someone older, wiser, who had a, a place of authority that I did not have. I was sitting with her, and I said, well, I just... but I just believe this. And she looked at me and she said, but that's a lie. And in one moment, I was able to come out of agreement with the lie and believe the truth. And I never struggled with it again. But I could not get that breakthrough by myself. So some of you, and you might be scared, maybe you have a past of bad pastors and controlling mentors. I don't know. God wants to restore you because he wants to put you in a place where you can actually be authentic and real and receive healing. It says, confess your sins one to another that you might be healed. God wants to graft you into a community so that those things that might be hidden can come into the light and you can receive freedom. So it's so important that you understand that this is not, um, it's not just you and God. Do you want to add anything to that, Alzavia? So good. Um, I amen that. Okay, so moving on. I want you, as we're moving through this, because you're going to have time to discuss at your tables, I want you to, like, in your heart say, what's sticking out to me? What do I need to, like, at, what do I need to respond to? Okay, because there's so much material here. Um, <clears throat> I want to move on to Sunlight. I love sunlight. Hallelujah. Gosh, I'm so glad I don't live in Seattle. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you know, my husband and I, Peter and I lived in Finland um, right when we got married. And 
thank God we only live there in the summertime because in the summertime, it's actually like per- perpetual sun. But in the wintertime, it like, the sun rises at like, I don't know, 10 and like sets at like three. It was like crazy. And like, I mean, I just couldn't do that. So no sun, but just a little drizzle. Yeah. And, and those people are more wow. depressed. So, so sunlight's important. I mean, just high level. That's a high level, g- generic. They also have a ton of resilience, okay? That's true. Ton of resilience. I got mad props for the people that live there. Okay. Hold on really fast. Yeah. Um, I was in Washington. I lived there for a year, and everything was good in the summer. I was like, dang, the sun's so beautiful. And, you know, it rains and stuff. But then I started coming out like, man, where's the sun at? And I know I didn't. They would make jokes about it, and I'm like, no, but don't don't I fall to see the sun? And every day it was no sun, no sun, no sun. I was like, whoa, wait a minute. And then I'm like, that's why everyone is like. And I'm like, I understand why my friends go out and vacation to Arizona, and like, because there's no sun. <laughs> but anyway, that's that's the truth. The, the moral of the story is you need the sun. You need the sun. Okay, so. I love what Peter says in this. He says, allowing God to love us is imperative as Christians. This is so true. We need God to love us every single day. Um, you, we are first loved by God, and then we love God. We are first loved, and then we love. And... Um, and so I, I want to share this testimony just because I, it, it's important to me, but I, you can also write down these scriptures because these are not, I don't think, necessarily written anywhere in your um, workbook, but these are all really amazing scriptures to just refer to. Um, when I was 16 years old, I was really, uh, I, I loved God the best I could, but he, he felt very far and, and hard to please. And I was trying really hard to please God. Um, and in one moment, I just said, God, I'm so sick of trying to please you. If you're real, you better just show up. And it wasn't but four seconds. And I feel an embrace. And I hear a voice that I had never heard before. And he said, Christy, I love you. And you don't have to do anything. And I cried like a baby, and I want to say that instantly, the light bulb in my heart switched on. And I became a glutton for Jesus after that. And what I wanted to do for God, because I wanted to love him, he empowered by one touch of his spirit and by one embrace. And and so... In Ephesians, I'm going to read this. This is going to be a great scripture for you to know. But after I had this encounter with God, um, I, 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 I always had wanted to read my Bible and I never could. It was like impossible. Like I was like trying so hard to please God. I'm going to read my Bible every day. Oh my gosh. And then like I never could. I never could. And then I, start, I opened up to the book of Ephesians and I literally could only like read like three sentences at a time. Because I was undone by the fact that this whole time I thought it was about what I could do for God. And in Ephesians, I read that it was all about what he did for me. And I got undone by the love of God. And so I want to read to you from Ephesians 3. Um, I'll just start in verse 18. It says, And may you have the power to understand... As all, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. And may you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. So I believe there's going to be an invitation. I believe that God wants to encounter people who have never had that encounter with his love. 
I believe he wants yeah. to encounter you with his love. Now, I also want to say this, that, that we can have this encounter with our love, with, with his love. And just like when you have an encounter with righteousness, oh my gosh, I'm actually clean. You have to continue in it. You have to continue to receive love. You might not always feel it. You might not always experience it, but you can know that you are loved and you can still receive by faith, okay? Um, so that's like super, super important. Um, you know, again, can I recommend Elissa Smith's How He Loves version? That's a great way to receive the love of God. Just turn that on and just sit there like this and let him love you. Can I say something? Yes. Okay, so practically with um, sunlight is what we want um, to do is literally sit in the sun. Yes. Like sit and yes. let him love you. Yes. Um, it's so important. Yes. That's, that's why Second Corinthians it's, well, I like it. And then, man, Proverbs 16 is really good, too. Um, but 2 Corinthians chapter 4, it says, um, let me see, verse 4? Uh, maybe, okay. In the, yeah, verse 4. In their case, the God of this world has blinded them, blinded their minds of the unbeliever to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. Mm. Watch this. <laughs> For what we proclaim is not ourselves, yes. but Jesus Christ as Lord with ourselves as a servant for Jesus' sake. Watch this. Verse 6. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness has shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. So it's in his face that you receive yes. the knowledge. Yes. And then we know that the knowledge is what Christ has done for us. The yes. death, the burial, resurrection. Yes. I love you. I'm yes. in you. I'm for you. Yes. I'm faithful. You know? Yes. Um, yeah, so practically it's, it's taking time, finding a place, putting on some music. He loves me and letting him actually love you. Yes. Like let him love you. Like and yes. and yeah, so... And I love that yeah. verse, Alzavian, um, has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face, in the face of, Jesus of Jesus Christ. Bring his face. You had an encounter with his smile. Bring that back up. Remember that. Look at him. Remember what it was like when you first encountered his love. Remind your heart. Remind yourself, communion is a great way to receive the love of God. I remember, I remember God when you set me free. I remember when you loved me. I remember, I see your face when you were hanging on that cross. I see the love in your eyes. And you know what is happening is sunlight of his face yes. is shining on your yes. good seed. Yes. It's giving nutrients. It's creating food. Yes. It's yes. crazy. Anyway, yes, and yeah. and it says those who look to him are radiant. Are radiant. Which we have that yep. one too. Your face shall know Psalms no shame. Thirty four, verse five. It's looking upon his face it's and dangerous. receiving his love, receiving the sunlight of his love. Wow, <laughs> that's dangerous. Hallelujah! I, I want to say this too because this is also this is God also disciplines those He loves. So it's, it's good also to think about, when you think about receiving God's love, I like to think about, um, about like a mom and a dad. A mom just nurtures her baby. Like whenever a baby is brand new, she's not telling that baby to do anything. That baby is literally like staying alive by like receiving from the mother. Yeah. And all she's doing is staring at that baby and saying, you're the most amazing thing I've ever seen in my life. I'm just nursing you. She's burp. Like she's doing literally everything for the baby because she loves the baby. That is God's love. He is like that. When you are brand new in God, he is just like 
he's just loving you. He's just giving you all, all the nourishment that you need. And, and then it, it says that, like, you know, in, like, psychology and things like that, that, like, until age five, the, the child is the mom's. Like, and that's whatever. I'm, I'm making, like, these statements here. But the mom is the main one that's, that's like, loving the baby, nourishing the baby. But then once the, once the child turns five, it's like, okay, then discipline starts getting in. And, like, they're learning to grow and, like, all of these things. And that's also love. And so it's important for you to know, like, God is both. He is unconditionally loving and merciful. And he also, it says that he disciplines those he loves. And so if you're in a season where you're like, I just remember all God did was, like, love me. But now I'm kind of feeling like I'm getting spanked. (laughs) Like, that's okay, too. Like, that is love. Lift your hands. (laughs) Oh, some of (laughs) y'all. Let him love you. (laughs) It's love. God's going to put people in your life. That's true. He loves you through people. He loves you. (laughs) It it is. No, no, no. This is good. This is good because because it's in this. this Hold on, kid. Okay. Gotta, some of them like, uh-uh, ain't that the devil. <laughs> <laughs> it ain't the devil. It also says Jesus received the love of his father, right? He's getting baptized in the Jordan. Holy Spirit descends like a dove, and the father says, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Whew, thank you, Lord. That felt good. I bet Jesus was like, that feels good, you know? And then the next thing it says, and then he was led by the Holy Spirit to be tempted by the devil. What? So this is good. That's a word. Was Jesus less loved in the desert? No. See, do you know what happened? Luke 8. This is what happened. Here we go. As for that in good soil, Luke 8, verse 15, for that that is in good soil, they are those who hearing the word. He heard God, the father of the word. I'm his son, and he's well pleased with me. Hearing the word, hold fast to it. Yep. It's like first, It's like Colossians mm-hmm. again. In an honest and good heart, bearing fruit with patience. Check this yes. out. There was two things that he was tempted by. Well, it was a, the third one was the kingdom, but it was the two things he was tempted by that God told him who, who he was. If yeah. you are the son of God, twice. Mm-hmm. And then the last time you rebuked him, and then angels came to minister to him. Mm-hmm. This is dangerous. We don't hold fast to it. Yes. We have to hold fast. I'm a good seed. Yes. I'm a good seed, no yes. matter... If the enemy, and then check this out, you will, this is not, I don't even know where I came from. Where you go? I'm here. Um, <laughs> you laugh, but y'all lost. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> but listen here. We're telling you what God has told us through the word. You, I'm a good seed. Your equation is not God equation. He has a spiritual equation. We have a fleshly equation one plus one you know it equals two it never changes the same thing with god he says that he put your flesh on a cross nailed it and he says equals righteousness good seed you can't fight with that but we 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 got to hold on to it hold Mm -hmm. fast on his heart pure heart Mm -hmm. and with patience we bear fruit it's with the patience. Yes. He was patient yes. with, with, the, with the devil tempting him. He was patient, and guess what happened? An angels. Angels came ministering to him, yes. strengthening him. Yes. Then he went out and found the 12. Yes, amen. It's a dangerous day. Yes, and we talk about patience. We're going to talk about patience more in the next chapter. Right. I, I believe that's the next chapter. Yeah, it is. Um, but that's important. You need to know that if he leads you into the desert, it's not because he's punishing you. Okay, he loves you. Ooh, okay. Ooh, one more. This is another thought I had too. If you go into the wilderness and you do not know that you're a good seed, yeah. you're going in there thinking you're a minister. 
You are not getting help from angels. <laughs> angels are sent out to, to serve for the elect that will inherit salvation. The Bible says, aren't they not all ministering spirits sent out to, to, to serve those in the elect? Check this out. He only gives aid to the offspring of Abraham, not mm-hmm. to angels. So we're ministering. We're spirit, but we're not called to minister. We're called to be sons, good seeds. Yeah. So go out being a good seed in the wilderness so the angels can come and help you as well, too. Amen. It's a good word. Amen. So you need, you need the, the sunlight of his love. And then the Holy Spirit, okay, we'll move into the Holy Spirit. But Holy Spirit, a lot of times in, in the scriptures, is referred to as water. So you see um, uh On the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and cried out, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Now this he said about the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were to receive. For as yet the Spirit had not yet been given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. And so so this is then talking about... um, that out of your belly are going to come rivers of living water. He's referring to the Holy Spirit, but the Spirit couldn't be given yet because Jesus hadn't yet been glorified. So when Jesus is glorified, when he, when he dies, he's resurrected, and then he ascends, right? He says, I'm going to go, but I don't worry. I'm going to give you a helper, okay? So I, I want you to understand that the Holy Spirit that he gives is a helper, He's a counselor. He's an advocate. He gives good, he's a gift giver. The Holy Spirit gives spiritual gifts. Okay, so the Holy Spirit, like we have to have the Holy Spirit to make it in the Christian life. So here's some good scriptures on the Holy Spirit. Isaiah 44 verse 3. 1 Corinthians 12 verse 13. Luke eleven thirteen, First John two twenty, and also twenty seven, and then John fourteen verses sixteen and seventeen, and then you can also put Acts two. Okay, I want to just highlight. So, um, I, I want to talk about the Holy Spirit really briefly. We've got to like move. Okay, so, um. The Holy Spirit, um, God wants to dunk you in the Holy Spirit. If you haven't been actually like baptized in the Holy Spirit, where you feel empowered by God to live life, then he wants to do that. Yes, he comes to seal the heart of a believer so that, so that you're sealed and you won't lose your salvation and that he, will, he who began the good work will bring it to completion. But he wants to actually fill you so that you can live life for God. I had a very distinct time when I was 16 again, and I felt disempowered. And I said, God, I'm tired of the yo-yo. I'm tired of the up and down. I, I need a fire that won't burn out. And I received, and I remember somebody started talking about the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I was like, that's what I need. I've never had that. And I simply received. And I, I want to say that I did not have a crazy manifestation, but I did feel a peace overcome me. And I felt an empowerment that I had never felt before. And I also felt the need to pray all of the time, which I had also never had before. In hindsight, I realized that the Lord gave me the gift of intercession and of prayer. And, and so it's really important for you to have encountered the Holy Spirit. He gets to manifest himself and give you whatever gift he wants to give you. Some of you might have the gift, might get the gift of tongues. Some of you might get the gift of prophecy. Some of you might get a lot of those gifts. But he wants to fill you with the Holy Spirit. So I want to encourage you at your tables, if you've never been filled with the Holy Spirit, then ask your table leader to pray for you. But also he wants to guide you with the Holy Spirit. So the Bible says, and I love, I love this, it says that the Holy Spirit in, in 1 John 2, verse 27, it says that the Holy Spirit is now within you to teach you all things. 
It also says in John 14, it says that he is there to remind you of all truth. So yes, the Holy Spirit comes upon you to fill you, to empower you, uh, to, to cause you to bear witness like, like Peter did in Acts 2 after the Holy Spirit descends at Pentecost. But he also is within you to simply be your teacher. He wants to teach you. He wants to help you. One time, my son was uh, writhing in pain. I literally had no idea what was going on. I started praying in tongues, and immediately I knew exactly what was going on with him. The Lord told me while I was praying in tongues. He wants to teach you, okay, through the Holy Spirit. Okay. And lastly, the good seed that is you needs oxygen. Okay. You want to? Read this and then I go into it. So the oxygen, we're going to equate with the grace of God. You breathe in grace. You're in the atmosphere of the new covenant. You cannot put a law on yourself. It's really important that you understand that you are dead, not just to sin, but you're dead to the law. Okay? Galatians 2. Uh, Galatians, Ephesians that you have to breathe in grace in order to grow up. You cannot try to obey the law, okay? Galatians 2, verses 18. I love this. Rather, I am a sinner if I rebuild the old system of the law I already tore down. For when I tried, keyword tried, to keep the law, It condemned me, so I died to the law. I stopped trying to meet all its requirements so that I might live for God. So we die to the law so that we can actually now live for God in the new covenant of grace and of relationship. My old self has been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live But Christ, who lives in me, the life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of Man, who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not treat the grace of God as meaningless. For if keeping the law could make us right with God, then there was no need for Christ to die. We live by grace. Unpack that for us, Alzavian. Dang, you were reading that, and I was like, oh, this and then you read it, but it's in your translation. But yours right. really good. Hit, hit us with the ESV. No, no, that's so good. Okay, um, oxygen. We need to breathe. Say, <sighs> it feels good and it's easy. You do it all the time while you sleep too. Um, Ephesians chapter two, verse. Well, everything, but we're gonna go to five. Can I get an amen? Yes. Amen. Right, Ephesians two. The um, whole thing. Let's say, um, amen. (laughs) Um, By grace, you have been saved. Uh, By grace, you have been saved through faith, and it is not your own doing, but it is a gift. Oxygen is a gift. Thank you, Lord. Right? Go to Romans 3 really fast. So if you don't have oxygen, you can't breathe. Amen? Amen? Okay, Romans 3, really fast, really slow when we read it. Verse 19, someone read it for us. Preferably Who wants to read? the ESV version, Ooh. Peter K. Lewis and me and Aaron likes. No, he doesn't. Do you really? Who's got ESV? Okay. What is it? Verse 19, Romans 3, verse 19. Now we know that Now we know something. <laughs> that whatever the law says What it say? <laughs> it speaks to those who are under the law so that every mouth may be stopped and the whole world may be held accountable to God. All right, stop there. So the the law chokes you, smothers you, stop you breathing. But grace gives life. Grace gives you life. It gives you the ability to do what Christ wants you to do according to the law because grace empowers the law inside of you. 
is written on your heart. Um, and that's good news. That's good news. Oxygen is grace, and the law will stop you from breathing. We need grace. I, I was telling someone this actually just this weekend, but I used to struggle a lot with anxiety and depression and all the things, but I had a recurring um, uh, thought pattern that was like, I had to be perfect. I had to like share Jesus with like everybody I saw. And it was like this incredible yoke. And I literally could, I felt strangled. Mm-hmm. Like I could feel it here in my throat. And, and it was because this law was demanding perfection. And grace does not demand perfection. It imparts it. And so, anyways, I love, I love the equating oxygen yeah. to grace. Because when you're living under the law, you feel strangled. So, guys, this can is a lot. Yeah, go ahead. Really, that, oh, man, that's so good. So, oxygen plays in all of the elements here plays in all of it it was in the seed it was in the sunlight it was in uh the water it's in the soil it's in all of it and i'm saying that to say this is because grace does three things it removes sin so it takes you out of the old man yes and then grace gives you righteousness yes it gives you jesus and then it makes you reign and yes. what he gave you, which is righteousness to eternal life. Yes. So grace is like, and of course, oxygen is doing it all for us right now. The only reason yes. why we're still breathing and plants are still growing is because the oxygen is here. Yes. Praise God. Yeah. So guys, I mean, pretty much the whole uh, New Testament is about grace. So, I mean, we put like five verses there, but you could just really read any of the epistles of Paul and be saturated. Um, guys, there's a lot here. I want you to spend time at your tables. If there was something that Alzavian or I said, or something that you read where you're like, I can relate to that. I don't have that and I need it. I want to encourage you to be open at your tables, um, and pray for one another. Um, because we want you to grow up into the fullness of God. So if, if it's sunlight, if it's the, the knowledge of his love that you need, if you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit or you need to be content, you have been filled and you just need to learn to hear him teach you. Um, if you're living under the law and not under grace, if you feel like you are uh, out of community and you need your heart needs to be healed and grafted back in, any of those things, I just want you at your tables to, to disclose your hearts. Um, so that we can pray and, and continue to move into growth. So, amen.